Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. Now, this is a show all about helping you deliver e-commerce wow. And to help us do just that, I'm chatting with today's special guest, Nikita Vakrushev from Aspect about the secret email and SMS strategies you have got to get your head around. Oh yes, we're going to be talking about email. We're going to be talking about SMS. We're going to be talking about that to some insane depths. I have no doubt. Now, because it's such a hot topic, you're going to want to get the notes and the transcript from today's show, which you can get at the website, ecommercepodcast.net. But if you have already signed up to the newsletter, guess what? They'll be going straight to your inbox. And if you haven't got it, uh, signed up to the newsletter yet, make sure you do that. You can do that at ecommercepodcast.net. Just put in your name and email address. All we'll do is we'll just send you a weekly sort of update of the guests we've had, the notes, the links to the guests, all those kind of good things. They come straight to you, which is awesome. Now, big shout out to e-commerce cohort. That's who brings you this show, the e-commerce podcast. The e-commerce cohort is our monthly membership group, and it's amazing even if I do say so myself, which of course I'm going to. I'm in there, whole bunch of people are in there. We get expert workshops every month from e-commerce experts, basically. They come in, they share their knowledge, we learn a whole great deal from them. Plus, there's a little bonus. Oh yes, if you're in, a, in the cohort, if you're a member, you can join us on the live recordings of the podcast, which is just fantastic. They get played into the cohort. You can come along, talk to the guests, ask the questions, and it's just good fun. So yes, go ahead and join the cohort. Ecommercecohort.com is the website URL. If you want to know more, that's ecommercecohort.com. Tell them Matt sent you, and I'll see you in there. Now, let's talk to Nikita from Aspect, the digital marketing wizard who turned his e-commerce dream into a booming agency reality with a playbook of marketing magic under his belt, Nikita found his golden goose in email and SMS marketing, scaling over 100 plus D2C brands. Now, wielding email as his bread and butter, he's here to share his secret sauce on squeezing every last drop of success from your brand's retention channels. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm loving this bio. Uh, buckle up, it's gonna be an electrifying ride. Nikita, welcome to the show, man. Great to have you. How are we doing today, sir? Appreciate you, Matt. Thank you for having me on. I don't remember if I wrote that bio or if that was uh, one of your assistants, but I do like the kind words. And I'm also glad that you brought up the newsletter for the show because I am part of it and I did get your one on Jason Wood this morning. I see. But you're doing it right with email, so. <laughs> we should get some tips from you on how to do that newsletter better, uh, rather than just assume I'm doing everything right. Uh, excuse me, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I have got a bit of a cold, which is why I've got a few nasal tones going on here. Uh, you'd be pleased to know my man flu has not been so serious that I've had to call the paramedics, but it has been close on occasion we're getting better so yes do sign up for the newsletter so jason woods obviously come out today which is going to give you some indication of when this was recorded and when it goes out but yeah it's good that those are going out and there's quite a few thousand people on the newsletter list come join them why not be there or be square i don't mind either way it works for me now <laughs> uh key to where we were talking before we hit the record button you're based over in nashville right nashville tennessee 
Yes, sir. Yeah, I moved here about a year and a half ago. And recently, we, my girlfriend and I actually just moved from our apartment into a house. So for the last two weeks, it's been nothing but chaos. And <laughs> it's right smack dab in the middle of Q4. So yep. we're just in the middle of unpacking, moving and everything. And clients are asking for their Black Friday, Cyber Monday emails and whatnot. So it's just yeah. Busy time. <laughs> it's a lot to juggle. I'm glad I moved here. It's people are very nice. It's a beautiful city and mm -hmm. the weather isn't as bad as Chicago, which is where I'm from originally. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You've just gone down south a little bit, haven't you really? And uh, yeah, Nashville, the home of good country music. Music city. That's what yeah, we call yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I lived in North Carolina for a little while, so just across the border and, but never actually made it to Nashville. Never. It's one of the few cities in the US I've not been to. I've been to Chicago, but never to Nashville. Maybe I just need to go one day. Got to head down south. But yeah, uh, yeah, I know, I know in the intro we talked about my golden goose is email marketing, but it wasn't always like that. Actually, I got started in like the whole entrepreneurial journey about a few years ago, not a few years ago, actually, I'm getting old, man. I started this when I was getting 19. Old. I just turned 26. Yeah, you're well um, old. Been, ancient, mate. Ancient. The wrinkles are showing up day by day. <laughs> so... so you yeah, I started because I turned 50 this year. Oh, you don't look 50. I appreciate you saying that. But uh, yeah, it's funny when you hear a 26 year old guy to sit there and go, I feel old, man. I'm just really old. I had yeah, an existential crisis the other week. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but I, I, it, it, I do find that thing funny. I don't know. I think the younger generation, just like myself, we, we think that every time moves a lot quicker. It or at least it, it does on my in my perspective. So it's wow, I'm 26. I haven't done anything. But then you take a men, a moment to reflect, and it's wow, actually I have done something. But yeah, in the forefront, it feels like I'm just doing things. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's a weird feeling. <laughs> no, I get it. I totally get it. And it's one of those things, Nikita. What's going to happen is in 24 years' time, when you turn 50, and you won't have, you'll have completely forgotten about this conversation. But in my well, head. I still feel like I'm 26, 27. That's the kind of age that when I got to that, I don't think in my head I've ever gone on further, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, and so the age you are now is that I, for me, it's been the age that I have been for quite a while, if that makes sense. And so when you reach 50, and if perhaps you do remember this conversation, you'll look back and you'll go, I understand now what Matt was talking about. That does make a lot of sense because pretty much up until this point, not directly, it wasn't a night and day difference, but I've always felt like I've been, like, I feel younger than I actually am sometimes in good ways, sometimes in bad ways and making immature jokes and all that. But, um, <laughs> I still do that now that I'm 50. <laughs> that never stops. I think that's more of a man thing. I don't know. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, the, the lack of maturity is still there, but I still have been able to evolve as a business owner and evolve to the point where we've done some amazing things for our clients on mm. both like just the email side, but on the relationship side as well, like helping them outside of what our, our exact direct like assets that we have to deliver. And I'm more than happy to share today all the things that we have done for our clients and some of the strategies that yeah, the I want to get into this, this whole email thing, because obviously it's your bread and butter. It's what you do as we said in the bio. And so let's start at the top, Nikita. You've obviously had a lot of businesses come to you to talk to you about email uh, and SMS. What's the most common mistake we're still making? 
Ooh, that's a big one. I'd say the lack of SMS capture is the big one that I still see in, in email accounts. SMS was a brand new thing way back when I started and yeah. no one knew how to utilize it properly, but now it's more of a mature industry and there's a lot of softwares that utilize SMS. Pretty much every email software that you see, like Klaviyo, OmniSend, SendLane, mm -hmm. MailChimp even, all have an SMS component to them. And when people come to visit your website, whether it's e-commerce or non-e-commerce related, there's so many businesses that just aren't capturing that phone number. And that's just another way for you to reach your audience. And it doesn't even take that much time for you to make that reach out. You know, with mm. email campaigns, you have to go out, do the copy, make the design, set it up in Klaviyo or whatever you're using and schedule that out. With SMS messaging, honestly, not that hard. You just have to take the copy that you have with email, shrink it down, make it more personalized for mm -hmm. the uh, text message audience and send it out. And yes, it's a little bit more costly. It's not like email where you just play a flat subscription fee. Yeah. With SMS, you do have to pay for every send, but it's a more personalized way to reach out to your customer base. And at the same time, in some cases, it's more effective than email because you're directly talking to the customer rather than going through their email where sometimes people may overlook it or maybe they mm -hmm. don't see it because everyone else is emailing them. So why it's interesting you say that this is still the most common mistake that actually we're not taking advantage of gathering people's phone numbers, right? Uh, and yeah. sending them the, the text messages, the SMS messages. Now, having been around the block, as we've established a few times, I am a bit of an e-commerce dinosaur, but that's okay. I'm, I'm comfortable in my skin. Why... Why are we still not collecting the email addresses? Obviously, the tech's there, the technology's there, the understanding. We're going to get into that a little bit in today's show. But it's not exactly rocket science that's locked in a vault for Knox. We can get hold of that information. So what is it that's stopping us from getting people's phone numbers? Why are we so resistant to it? A lot of it is actually like the psychology behind the person that's running the business. And like you said, it's very easy. The tools are there, but a lot of the founders that I talk to, it takes some convincing for them to be like, okay, cool. Let's try out SMS mainly because they feel like they're going to be bugging their customers. They're going to be bugging their subscribers and they feel like they're going to be tarnishing the brand quality by adding in another channel to communicate with their customers. Now, granted, once they see the revenue numbers after sending out the first few campaigns, that, that whole <laughs> <laughs> that goes out the window. That just disappears overnight. Doesn't it? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's always funny, isn't it? The proof's in the pudding. But is that the genuine reason? I'm saying this not because I know the answer, but I'm genuinely curious. Are we not gathering people's phone numbers because it feels somehow a bit more personal, whereas email is feels a bit less personal and we don't want to bug people and we feel like taking their phone number is maybe a step too far into sort of intruding in their privacy. Is that why? So far, that's been the biggest reason wow. for if they don't have it set up already and we're trying to get them onto it, it's like the first thing is we don't want to be intrusive. We don't want to bug our customers. We feel like the cadence that we already have with email is already good enough because I'm sure they had the same exact conversation a few years ago with someone mm. saying, hey, you need to implement email into your business. They were maybe apprehensive to that before, but now they see it work and they see the revenue come in and mm. they're like, okay, this is now a stable of our business. And now yeah. it's, hey, we need to implement this new channel. And it's also something new that they have to do. They're not used to, it's not a routine. Bugging, 
routine and it's another cost to their mm. business. Simply if they're trying to run a lean business or if they're trying to reduce costs, that's just another added cost to their business that they have to take care of or another thing that they have to worry about fulfillment. All of those things stack up to, of, hey, I don't think this is the right fit right now. This, there's a lot of moving pieces behind it, mm. even though with a team like us that, that can handle it for them, it's not really that much of a, a burden for them. So if I get over my initial reluctance with SMS, when I gather people's phone numbers on the website, is there some kind of disclaimer I need to give them, some kind of notification? Like with email, we've got double opt-ins now, we've got GDPR, we've got all kinds of regulations flowing around. So it seems to be that the double opt-in is a pretty safe bet to get that sorted out. Is there something like that or an equivalent to that with SMS marketing that we need to think about? Yeah, the pretty much every there's it's a lot more strict on SMS marketing. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's not as simple as email where it's okay, cool. They subscribe to the list, you send out an email for the double opt in for them to subscribe. And then they join the list. With SMS, it's a little bit more tricky because okay. you need actual consent and you need consent language on the actual SMS sign up form. And if you go through any of our clients, like pop-ups that they have on their website, if someone visits their website for I don't know, 10 seconds or more, you have the yeah. pop-up come up for the free shipping offer. On the SMS page, there's like a long paragraph right below the submit button to let them know of all the different SMS language that they consent. They consent to getting marketing materials from our phone number and all of that sort of like terms and service jargon. Mm -hmm. And after that, they do get an initial text to say, hey, we're confirming that you're subscribing to our SMS list. Please reply with Y or N if you want to subscribe or if you don't want to subscribe. So there is more friction added into SMS marketing. Yeah. Uh, typically, we try to overcome that friction with a very juicy offer of maybe something more, um, more beneficial than an email offer. Like instead of 10% off, you get 20% off of text yeah. if you sign up for text. So we you do have to be more careful with sms yeah no fair enough and it's one of those so you've got the sort of the double opt-in thing haven't you then with text messaging you're, you're saying to them yes uh, you're signing up please confirm yes or no and do you do it in a sense that if they don't respond to that text message you don't bug them again you, you might send them another reminder saying hey just to remind you you need to consent yes or no but you or do you actually still send text messages even though they've not responded we leave it at one follow-up and that's it if they haven't replied, then we simply can't do anything. And it, they're even marked with, like, we have like special markers in Clavio. So like whether they consented or didn't consent. And typically if they don't reply, they're just typically, they're stuck at not consent mm -hmm. and we can't send anything out to them, even if we tried. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, very wise. So yeah, there's a little bit more friction. So I'm imagining, <laughs> I don't, I, it's going to depend on the website in terms of the stats, but I'm imagining if you've got a hundred people coming to your website, 10 of whom are prepared to give you their email address, what, two or three will give you their mobile number on average? Well, that actually depends on the way that you structure the pop-up. And that's one of the things that we work on within mm. the agency is making sure that you, you get a higher conversion rate pop-up. And this is like mistake number two with SMS marketing is not only are you not capturing those phone numbers, uh, the second mistake is you're not capturing them effectively. A lot of brands, they have that pop-up set up. It's usually a one and done solution for them and they don't really worry about it because it's just a pop-up. It's nothing yeah. that, that's quote unquote driving revenue. They have the name, phone number, email, and maybe like another question. And that's a lot of things for a yeah, customer yeah. to 
to put in. We try to break that up into a three-step pop-up. So it's really stupid, simple. It's what's your email? And then, then once they submit that, what's your phone number? And then after that, you get the coupon code or the success message. And we've seen that to work out significantly better to where it's not just like uh, a significant, like you mentioned, 10 people get the email, two people sign up for SMS. It's actually more on like the seven to eight people sign up for SMS as well because of that two-step. Because once people give you their email information, they've already given something to you yeah. and like on a psychological basis. Though, so they're more likely to give you something again because they've already given. Mm. And that's how we set up our pop-ups for the most part. I, and I've seen this a lot, actually, where they've started to break it down now when you start to fill in details. You don't actually know how many steps there are. But the first the step that I'm looking at is pretty straightforward. So I give you my email address. I'm going to go to the next screen. And on the next screen, I, I'm going to give you my mobile number. But on that screen, I'm not getting any coupon codes. I have to give you my mobile number to get the coupon code. Or if I don't want to give you my mobile number, a coupon has been emailed to me. Yeah, so we break it up into do into more steps here for getting granular. If they sign up with with SMS, then they get the coupon code through their phone. Mm -hmm. If they don't, then you can skip that step if you want to, and the coupon code is either emailed to them or it's at the thank you page. And it depends on a client by client basis. Mm -hmm. And this is something we test for as well. Is we split up like a 50-50% on people that see the pop-up at the end of the pop-up or the coupon code at the end of the pop-up or they get the coupon at the email. Mm -hmm. And depending on what works on the spe their specific brand, we go with that. Yeah, yeah. If we see more revenue come through the email, mm -hmm. then we stick with email. If we see more revenue come from directly from the pop-up, then we stick with the pop-up. Yeah, and very good testing. You've persuaded me to give you my phone number. Does this work better with specific countries for example i i know in the states it may, does it work better for example in I, I call them the big five the big the sort of english-speaking nations than say in continental europe or in south america are there specific places where sms works very well america i without a doubt because there's just there's a lot more leniency there's no gdpr here and mm -hmm. even with email you can get away with single opt-in. You don't have mm -hmm. to do double opt-in for email. So there's a lot more potency and a lot more, I'm sure time's going to run out and there's going to be a point where that's not going to be a thing. But yeah. while the iron's hot, we are striking with only using single opt-in for email. And we still do double opt-in for SMS, but there's just a lot more freedom with communication and back and forth communication between the software and the customer with uh, SMS. Because within some countries... Clavio doesn't, you can't use two-way SMS because of the infrastructure is just not set up there yet. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So you've got my phone number. I'm living in the States. You've got my number. What's your strategy? What's your thinking? Sort of headline strategies here as an e-com business owner. What do I need to be thinking about? Because I think this is where a lot of people, email is pretty straightforward. I could, there's a whole bunch of stuff I can send you on email from educational pieces to promotional pieces. You name it, you can do it. Text messages become a little bit more nuanced, don't they? A little bit more complex. So what sort of strategy and headlines should I be thinking about here? So the name of the game when it comes to SMS, obviously with email, you can do a lot more storytelling. You can provide a lot more content and context about your business. With SMS, it's a little bit tricky because you only have a certain character limit if you want to keep it under one message. Mm -hmm. And typically with SMS, we don't do that much storytelling. 
And the main purpose of SMS is the follow-ups. So for example, if someone abandoned checkout or abandoned cart mm -hmm. and we have their information, SMS is like the best way to recover that cart because it's a very personal way to contact them. But if you want to service your car and you got an email saying your car is ready, you may not check that for the next three hours. Yeah, but if you yeah, get yeah. a text saying, hey, your car is ready, you're probably already getting a taxi to go there as you get there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's that sort of follow-up strategy. So it works with abandoned carts. The, I've seen it where I, the ones I tend to get, and I'm not signed up to many, it's just more of an experiment, really, Nikita, if I'm honest with you. The ones I tend to get, abandoned carts, sort of special one-off sort of discounts. I don't get regular sort of text messages about offers. I get text messages like your order is shipped, your order's on its way. Those kind of more, I call them transactional emails, those sort of transactional type things. Is that what we're predominantly using it for then, SMS? Not really. If anything, we do 20% transactional emails, like you mentioned, the order shipped emails or mm -hmm. order confirmation, maybe even throwing in a order review SMS. Okay. But yeah, but a lot of it is used to not only follow up with customers, for example, in the welcome flow strategy that we utilize with our clients, we use uh, SMS as a follow-up on a promotion that we sent over. Mm. Like I mentioned, abandoned checkout, making sure that they f we follow up on that. And lastly, a lot of promotional items on just like campaigns. We don't really do a lot of play. And actually we do, there's a thing we're testing right now with a few clients where we do a conversational SMS. And this is a little bit based on AI info and can't really spill too much beans about that. But basically, if let's say we send out an SMS message for a hair care brand and we ask them like, hey, how do you take care of your hair? What's your hair care routine? And based off of their reply, we send them a product recommendation or any information about right. a new product that we've launched on through the brand. Yeah, it's the kind of this is where where AI gets quite interesting, isn't it? Because you can start to now be more conversational in tone um, yeah. almost there is a difference, I think, between text messages on my phone and WhatsApp messages. There's, mm -hmm. I, I can't explain it. I'm sure somebody's done some research on this somewhere. But what I write in WhatsApp messages tends to be a bit more conversational, a bit friendlier. There tend to be more people that I know. And they tend to be longer, more involved, because obviously you've got more space, et cetera, et cetera. And so <clears throat> I can see them now starting to become more conversational. But do you have... I'm just trying to think about how this then works with your email and your offers. You're using this word follow-up. So in my head, what I'm seeing, Nikita, and, and, and please explain how it would work, but I'm going to email out 10,000 people our latest offer, whatever that right. is, to a targeted list. I'm going to email them. Those that didn't open it, I'm going to email them maybe a day or so later. Those of, those that didn't open it, say, the second time I sent it, I'm, I'm then sending them, say, a text message saying, hey, check out don't forget to check your email or whatever we've sent you this hate for you to miss it kind of thing. Is that how we're doing it with the sort of the follow-ups on the offers or are you just going straight for, Hey guys, 10,000 text messages. Here's the latest offer. So we actually do send out the email and SMS in tandem together with whatever offer we're running, especially if it's like one out of the four big sales that we run for a client mm -hmm. per year. So we make sure to use SMS in tandem and the follow-ups mainly come from action-based or intent-based, like abandoned checkout, abandoned cart, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. But you send them out at the same time. It's really interesting. I'm really intrigued by this. We do use SMS messaging here and SMS marketing. 
in my own econ businesses, uh, it is still, it feels still to me, Nikita, a relatively new thing. Do you know I mean? I don't feel as established with that as I am, say, with email marketing. It still feels like a relatively new thing. We were having conversations about it earlier on with the team and um, just going backwards and forwards on it a little bit. And I'm intrigued by it. How do you, earlier on you talked about how one of the things that we're not doing is taking advantage of getting people's phone numbers because of various things in our head about not wanting to bother people and so on and so forth. But customers quickly get over that when they see the revenue that it brings in. So where do you notice the revenue coming in? What's working well to bring in the cha-ching? Are you talking about like specific SMS structure or like, can you Yeah, just in, in terms of if someone sat out, someone sat outside, someone's sat there listening to the podcast, listening to us talk right. and, they're, and they're thinking, where's the money going to come from? What types of things bring in the cash? What's going to work well? So I hate to answer it, but with it, it depends because <laughs> depend now. Okay. I will, I, I'm digging the hole, but I will get myself out of this hole. Okay, so cool. it, do, it does depend but it depends on your average order value and the types of products that you sell. Okay. So what we've noticed with SMS marketing that brands that have an average order value above a hundred to $200, the conversion rate with SMS doesn't necessarily correlate well compared to email marketing. Like it's mm -hmm. more, it's better used within the, like I, like I mentioned, follow-ups mm -hmm. as well as big promotional times. But mm -hmm. if you're trying to do a flash sale, it doesn't really work that well. Now, under that, SMS works tremendously well for some of our clients, especially during like flash sales or maybe like overstock based uh, mm -hmm. SMS messages. Hey, we ordered extra inventory. We need to get rid of it by the end of the week type sales. Those work really well because AOV under 100 to 150 to $200, it's a very impulse based purchase. So yeah. then it works very well. Of, oh, I got a text of my, I don't know, like my, a company that sells water bottles that I've been following for the last year. And I bought in three water bottles from them and they're selling the same water bottle for, you know, 20 bucks off. Like I'm going to get that because it's a very easy and digestible purchase. When you look at the average family, when it, when you're trying to buy something over 150 to $200, that's something you have to consult with your wife or husband. Yeah. So <laughs> you can't just spend out 200 bucks willy nilly. So that's a talk that you have to have. And that just adds a lot more friction. And one thing that I did notice with SMS marketing is it costs a little bit more to do this, but sending out an image with your text message, like an MMS with an SMS tends to perform significantly better. It has lower okay. click through, it has lower click through rate, but it has double the revenue on average than comparative to just sending out a text message. That's interesting. And what are you sending a picture of? So there's actually uh, a lot of things and there's, it, it's broken down into four main things. Hmm. You have to have the branding of your, like the, the business. So let's say one of the businesses that you run has blue and white branding. You have to have that in there because it immediately helps the customer recognize what brand is actually sending them that SMS message. When you see a block yeah, yeah. of text, mm -hmm. it's just a block of text. And yeah. then you take a second to be like, oh, it's from this brand. Yeah. But with images, it's easy to recognize some sort of product model or lifestyle image within there is also very important because then it's another context clue that you can immediately mm -hmm. identify what brand it is. 
you have to have a reason of why you're texting them. And this isn't compliance, but it's more so just to make it a bit more personal. It's, hey, if someone reaches out to you, they usually have a reason why they're reaching out to you. Same thing with here. It's, hey, we're having a flash sale or, hey, we're having an overstock sale or, hey, we're running a giveaway. There's a reason for us to reach out to them. And you have to have the offer center and clear to read. So don't just send them a photo of your products. Send a photo of your products with an overlay text of saying, hey, we're having a BOGO sale right now, or we're yeah. having an overstock sale. Have the coupon code within the image. Mm -hmm. And then once you send out that image, you can get into the nitty gritty within the actual SMS message where you can mention their first name to personalize it, more details about the offer or any specific terms of the offer and the call to action, which is the link to participate in the offer or the giveaway or whatever you're sending out. Mm -hmm. Really great. It's really great. It's a simple strategy as well, because throwing an image in the text messages, because everyone's got smartphones, haven't they? It's just, it, it is what it is. It's going to come up well on their phones. Yes. One of the questions I get asked a lot, Nikita, while we're talking about SMS messaging, let's talk about WhatsApp. Can you do this type of thing with WhatsApp or is it just native text messages using whatever text message platform it is, but it's separate from WhatsApp? Now, here's the thing. We don't do WhatsApp marketing, so okay. I cannot answer that question, unfortunately. Yeah. And is the reason you don't do it because it's, I, I know the answer to this question a little bit, but it's not actually as straightforward as we'd like it to be. It has it, always felt like a little bit too complex, WhatsApp marketing. And is that why you've avoided it? So that's a good question. It's a mix of both. Number one, it's complex. Like There's a lot more complexity to it. And number two, it's not that popular in the US or it's not as popular as it is internationally. Mm. Everyone that I talk to, everyone in my circle of friends and family, the only reason that they use WhatsApp is to talk to someone internationally. Mm -hmm. It's not as a, I could be wrong here and I could be like the outlier here, but that's the only reason I talk to, or that's the only reason I use WhatsApp is to talk mm. to friends and family internationally rather than t texting my mom or texting my girlfriend because I just use the native text app. So mm -hmm. in the US, I don't, it is a little bit of a personal bias that I didn't see the point in adding that service in because I just didn't see a need for it. And most, mm -hmm. like I say, 90% of our clients are US based with US customers. Mm. Yeah, no, fair enough. It's really intriguing because here in the UK, I think it's different. I am, mm -hmm. I'd probably say, I don't know, maybe 80% of the messages I get from people that I know are through WhatsApp. And it's the native, like, I, there's a big thing going on in the UK at the moment, whether Apple's going to close down iMessage because the UK has got some very quirky laws because why would we not? We're English. And I think Apple have gone, yeah, we're just going to switch that whole thing off. And so whether they do or not, it's a different story. But, but everyone's going, we don't care because we all use WhatsApp. And so Apple are going to do what Apple's going to do, but we're on WhatsApp. We're fine. It's not a problem. So I'm intrigued because it feels like Facebook haven't really monetized WhatsApp yet i shouldn't call them facebook meta maybe in a way which i've looked at and gone that's clever or that's intriguing where I've, you can see how they've monetized facebook you can see how they've monetized instagram uh, but it, it always struck me that whatsapp was complicated uh, more complicated than it needed to be and i I'm, I'm, i don't know how long much longer that will last for i think it's mainly there for data collection if anything mm. even though they say it's private and secure and you have that little lock icon, I still, the tinfoil hat in me person still thinks that it still uses it for data collection. Cause I remember there's so many times where like I'd send a voice note 
or mention something specifically mm. about a specific product. And then the next day I see like an Instagram ad for it. Yeah. Well, I'm a little skeptical on them not directly monetizing it, but indirectly they're definitely monetizing that data. Yeah. You wouldn't be surprised, would you? if they were actually reading and picking out keywords. But what do I know? What do I know? So we've talked a fair bit about SMS there. Let's get, let's talk about email, Nikita, because Nikita, email is still one of those things where we do talk about it on occasion on the show because I feel the need to come back to it because I talk to clients and I'm just going, why are we not doing email better than what we're doing it? And it still strikes me as this is still happening and it, it surprises me every time, if I'm honest with you. The biggest surprise for me is that anytime I talk to or anyone new I meet and they're like, hey, what do you do? And it's, oh, I have a I have a marketing agency. They're like, oh, what do you do? It's I run an email marketing. They're like, that still works. I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? We generated this client like 200 uh, grand this year with email. So it there's still like that stigma of like why like people actually respond to those emails. It's If you do a good job, yes, they do. Mm -hmm. They actually mm -hmm. buy from you. So there is still a lot of juice left us to squeeze in email marketing and we don't see any decline whatsoever within our industry. Mm -hmm. It just comes down to the strategy and the way that you communicate with your customers or subscribers. If you treat them with bombarding them with sale, you're not going to have a good time. You're just yeah, going to yeah. turn through those customers and people are only going to see you as a discount brand. But if mm -hmm. you actually have storytelling and mm -hmm. visual branding behind your emails, then people are actually going to be receptive to it and see you as a legitimate player in the e-com game. Yeah. Yeah. That's very wise words. We tend to find if with clients, if they're not achieving 30 to 40% of their revenue from email, something's wrong. And actually you can improve that. I don't know if that's, that's based off some, probably some prehistoric thinking on my own part. And it if I'm honest with you, but I don't know whether that's still the case, whether we should be thinking sort of 30, 40% of revenue from email marketing. We do. Like we say 30 to 40% in retention marketing because we include SMS in that. Right. But if you're going solely off email, it's anywhere between 25 to 35%, depending mm -hmm. on the brand, of course. Sure. And so SMS is going to add another sort of 5, 10% to the bottom line, isn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. Which is another reason why you should be thinking about SMS. Just take your turn up, divide it by 10. There's what it could potentially add to your bottom line if you get it right, uh, yep. which is always a nice thing. Um and there aren't that many ways where you can quickly and easily grow your business by 10%, are there really? But yeah, it's interesting that it's still around the 30, 40% bracket. That's always been a good test, always a good marker. It's like how much of our revenue is coming. And conversely, if you've got good email marketing, you've got good customer uh, repurchasing rates, haven't you, on the whole? Not only customer repurchase rate, but also customer conversion. Because mm. a lot of people come in from Meta or YouTube or Google and maybe they were just browsing and they wanted to check something out but maybe an email two weeks down the line is what converted them and that's where that last click purchase came from rather than from facebook or or google so if anything it's a good tactic to not only retain the current customers that you have and resend to those people to repurchase but also it's a great mechanism for people that are just brand new coming in to learn more mm -hmm. about your business learn more about the brand and the values to then eventually become a customer and purchase. Yeah, no, it's true. I always ask clients whenever I see them, I may have mentioned this on the show before, I always ask clients when I, I sit down with them, what's the primary purpose of your website? It feels a bit like a trick question, right? I'm an e-commerce site, the primary reason I exist is to sell products. Okay, 
what's the secondary one? What's the second thing that you're, what's the second thing you want to, if someone's coming to your website and they haven't bought your product, what one thing do you want them to do? What's the second purpose? And for me, that's always been, I want them to give me their email address, right? It's just because I know that if I've got their email address, there's a lot I can do with that. I should probably now add the third, which is to get their mobile number based on this conversation, obviously. <laughs> but uh, we're getting their email address. Do you still see the, what I would call the educational flow? So you get people coming to your website, they're not necessarily ready to buy. So we give them a good reason for to get their email address. Sometimes that might be a discount. I often cite a plant site that I went to, a house plant website, which I wish I could remember the name of. But there was this email sequence that I signed up for because I thought it was rather creative and clever, which was give us your email address and we'll send you emails basically at, at 10 proven steps on how not to kill your house plants, which made me laugh because I always kill the bloody thing. I'm like, I need this, right? So it was educational. So by the time I'd got to the end of that sequence, not only did I feel confident that I wasn't going to kill the house plant, but I, they'd given me enough information to know what type of plants I should buy for the kind of room that I had. I don't know if I see that as much these days, the whole educational aspect of email marketing. And is there good reason for that? Or is that something that actually we do need to be thinking about? I think it's like the most important thing of email marketing. You have someone <clears throat> that comes off Facebook and comes off Google and they don't know anything about your business. They just saw an ad that hooked them in. Mm. Especially if you're in e-commerce, if you're not like Nike, there's a lot of brand presence and a lot of top of funnel marketing that they did. But if you're an up and coming e-commerce brand, or you're just starting to hit that stride of 50 to 100K per month revenue, still in the grand scheme of things, you're a very small brand and you still mm -hmm. have a huge adjustable market to hit with your business. A lot of people don't know who you are or they just saw your ad. So what is the best way to educate them without spending $30,000 on Facebook every month, unless you have to do that, but mm. an additional 30,000 to educate those customers and actually own that data. It's through email marketing. So that's something that we implement internally with all of our clients is when within that welcome flow, obviously if they signed up for a coupon code, we send them that coupon code, but the subsequent we emails that they get, for example, with a, with a men's hair care brand that we were, we're working with right now, we're teaching them how to properly style their hair. And if they're interested, they can use our products to make it easier for them to style their hair mm -hmm. in specific ways. So that sort of education not only leads to a lot better customer attention, but a lot better customer engagement and obviously revenue down the line because they understand like, oh, if I need to have better hair, I need to utilize these guys' products. And they're the ones that taught me how to do this. I'm just going to go straight to the source and buy. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the amount of times where I've bought from brands because they've educated me on a specific thing that has helped me some, somehow in my life. Yeah. No, it's and are you getting people in this sequence and this sort of uh, educational sequence because of say there's a coupon or are you getting them into this sequence because you've addressed a specific question like how not to kill your house plants is a simple example or are you testing both to see which works better I, I'm, I'm just curious how you're getting them to actually give you their email address in the first place yeah so with that pop-up it's typically done with some sort of discount code mm -hmm. or it, again, it depends on a client. Some clients we run pop-ups with discounts. Some clients we run pop-ups with uh, information, like whether it's like a free ebook or a free guide, like you mentioned. And depending on the brand, if it's ebook based, then we do a little bit more 
information. We don't even have a discount in there until the very end. And if they haven't purchased up until that point, mm-hmm. but if it's more offer based and discount based, we give them the discount within the first email. And yeah. then we preface the rest of the email, like, Hey, for the next few emails that you'll get from us, you're going to learn about our business. You're going to learn about these specific things or how, like why we started the business, who we are, how it makes us different. And on top of that, more information on the, whatever niche that they're in, like, yeah. for example, like house plants and how to not kill them. Yeah. Nice. That's fascinating. I get, and it's, it's an interesting one because we're just, we're launching a new skincare brand. Nice. probably in January next year and having done beauty we're heading back into it a little bit can do things a little bit differently and so we're thinking through now things like the welcome sequences and how we do that whole email aspect of it because it's, it's a new brand people won't have heard of us we're going to need to do that quite well and so I'm always curious in terms of what's going to trigger somebody to give us their email address and I think we'll, we'll test the different aspects if we give you information do we what emails do we get what's the average order value we get out of you over time yeah versus if we give you a coupon code for a, a sort of a one-off discount does that work better do you end up buying more I'm just curious to see what the sort of the net results of that will be one thing I would take into consideration and this is something that we're trying to test out and figure the strategy out for is email forwardability what's something like what kind of content do you put into your email that is has the highest chance of being forwarded to a friend or family Mm -hmm. member Mm -hmm. because at that point you're not getting just one impression you're getting multiple impressions Mm -hmm. per send like how can you value what kind of value can you put into that email or what kind of what are some things you can do in order to do that so and that way you can get more brand exposure as well yeah no really good who do you see doing it well there's a few brands that I noticed that I know that this is like way back in the day, but I, I know Harry's did a thing when they just launched their brand of, if you forward your, our emails, you get added to, you get more rewards points mm-hmm. based off of that. And if you get enough rewards points, then you get like a free razor or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's like the most immediate example that comes to my mind, but I've not seen too many brands do something that's affordable. And I'm talking about brands like e-com brands when it comes to newsletters, Mm -hmm. educational newsletters, like that's something that I forward to my business friends all the time because I read this, this is very valuable. I know that my friend is in a similar situation that this newsletter talked about. I have to forward that to them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Really interesting. The forwardability of an email address, the forwardability of an email. It's a really good point because I don't know if I've ever sat down recently and thought this email that I've got, how forwardable is it? It's not actually easy to say, let alone think about, is it? How forwardable is this? But it's a really good question. Uh, am I creating... It doesn't have to be every email either. No. It, yeah. It could be like one a month or one every other week yeah. that you can send out that you know can is like likely to be forwarded. Yeah. That's something yeah. to keep in mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. Really worth thinking about. Listen, Nikita, I'm aware of time, man. The clock has gone by at a million miles an hour. And it's a good conversation. Yeah, okay, we're just getting started, as is often the case. If people want to reach out to you, if they want to connect with you, if they want to find out more about Aspect, about how you can help them maybe with email or probably SMS, what's the best way for people to reach out? Yeah, definitely. So I'm relatively active on Twitter. So it's just my first and last name on there. I'm also, I have a, what's it called? You can just find me on my website, which is aspectagency.com, A-S-P-E-K-T agency.com. And 
if you want us to take a look at your emails and tell you what's good, what's bad, what needs to work on, just go to the website and there's a free audit button at the top that mm -hmm. you can click, submit your info, and we can take a look at your account and show you some improvements. And it's completely free as well. Fantastic. Do you find the free audit thing works well? Talk about lead magnets here. <laughs> I'm just curious from an agency side. We get I think five to 10 a month. Mm. And yeah, all of those, for the most part, if they reply and give us access to their email account, we then hop on a call and then that leads to a, a better, com bigger conversation. Yeah. Sometimes they turn into customers, sometimes they don't, but either way, they still get value out of the call. Yeah, no, absolutely. Fantastic. We will, of course, link to Nikita's information in the show notes as well, which, as we talked about earlier, if you sign up for the newsletter, they're going to be in your inbox. So do reach out to Nikita. I'm sure he'd love to talk to you and answer any questions you've got. But listen, Nikita, I appreciate you coming on, man. I've got lots of notes, as I inevitably do uh, when I have these conversations. And always good to stay on top of these things. So Appreciate it. Appreciate your insight and just coming on and, and sharing some real high value stuff, man. Yeah, of course. It was a pleasure. Fantastic. And of course, a huge, big shout out again to today's show sponsor, the e-commerce cohort. Remember to check out their free training online at ecommercecycles.com and be sure to follow the e-commerce podcast wherever you get your podcasts from because we have yet more great conversations lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them. And in case no one has told you yet today, let me be the first. You are awesome. Yes, you are. Created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. Nikita has to bear it. I've got to bear it. You've got to bear it as well. Now, the e-commerce podcast is produced by Aurea Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The wonderful team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon and Tanya Hutzlack. Our theme song was written by the super talented Josh Edmondson. And as I mentioned, the transcript, the show notes, they're all available on the website, ecommercepodcast.net. That's it from me. That's it from me, Nikita. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.